This is, I think, why we watch the show, Sheldon. Where it's the reunion. It's the first half of the reunion. I'm John Chidley Hill. I'm still puzzled by that intro, but I am Sheldon Alexander. This is You Killed It, the podcast talking about the challenge. I love the reunions. They are so chaotic and so weird. You're you're making a face, almost not quite a screw face, but I am. It is quizzical. Quizzical. Wow, we're off to a start here. Okay, let's go. The vibes are high, clearly, to start this one. It's because I'm well rested. It's because I slept Fair. for like nine uninterrupted hours last night after my travels to beautiful Oklahoma City. Yes, we're back. Okay, see. Um. Yeah, I mean, what are we here? We're at episode 279, talking the challenge, battle for a new champion. Episode 20, the finale. No, this is the reunion, part one. Phase four, closure. The secret fourth phase of challenge season of losers. Nerese is already crying. Yeah, before we even start. And I feel like, are you... uh, are you in the Bravo universe at all? I'm I'm acquainted with, slightly with the Bravo universe. So, as you know, I li- I like my Real Housewives. Okay, so I feel as if this reunion, the way that they shot it, especially at the beginning, heavy Bravo vibes. Like mm-hmm. the behind the scenes as everyone comes out and they're making sure, you know, fixing the mics and then everyone sits down and then you see other people walk on the stage and they're hugging each other. And then like the tears start coming beforehand as people are sitting there whispering to each other. Why is she crying? Is she crying? Is she crying? Yeah, I think she's crying. Why do you think she's crying? Wait, has she seen Olivia yet? I don't know. I think that's why she's crying though. All that. And then, and then the walk off, the walk off mm-hmm. straight Bravo reunion vibes. So here, I mean, this is just like the tone of this reunion. It's really chaotic for the first half hour. Like they they don't stick on a single topic. They're just sort of bouncing around. And also there's just broadly speaking, there's some people who are so in their feelings Mm -hmm. just off the hop. And like we can name names, Melissa, Narice, Olivia, and Corey have Big emotions and like none of all this smoke from a soft the whole season. I feel like I missed that. And they don't seem to like know how to manage. Like there's no self-soothing here. <laughs> like they're all just like at like chomping at the bit, uh champing at the bit, excuse me, to like say something, do something, be heard. And then, like, when you mix in people like Michelle, who has to be involved in everything, like, it's it's big energy. <laughs> like it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah, there was a lot going on. I didn't need the games. I didn't need, like, that part of it. But I get what they're trying to do, yeah. right? They're trying to, like, keep it moving, keep it flowing, add some more, like, uh, constructed conflict, if that made sense. Like, yeah. having the vets there, I think, or the the champions there. I, I like that mode because also they are – how do I phrase this? Well, if you watch the whole season, you could tell that the challengers lacked the experience in the game. Mm-hmm. And so if you now equate that to the reunion, adding the vets, they have experience in the reunion show. So imagine how the reunion would go without having Laurel there, right? <laughs> like <laughs> it's less exciting. It's less entertaining. Um, 
there was just a, a lot of yelling. And, you know, I thought that was really weird. But where do you want to start here? Do you want to go with like, because the Asaf, Corey, and Mel thing, I never really got a full explanation. I feel like when they were showing the tweets, they were showing them way too quickly. So I had no idea what they were saying. And I wasn't stopping to read it because I felt like if it was that important, they would tell us what it said. Yeah, it, they really, like I said, the first 30 minutes, they really like zipped around from topic to topic. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them. I gather Corey had tweeted and Melissa, like Corey, well, we got into it, but Corey tweeted his support of Big T coming out. And Melissa went after him about it. Mm -hmm. But also there was other tweets where Melissa was just like, yeah. highly critical of Corey and Asaf in particular but also those two deserve criticism from her <laughs> like like I understand why she's mad at them and why she's tweeting about them and I, I felt throughout this episode Jay Asaf and Corey in particular are really detached from reality like, yeah I mean... the way they remember things is not like the lived experience of most of the cast and also not what we saw on TV. Like I know that like there's such things as bad edits, but like there's irrefutable things that we saw that they're just like, no, it didn't happen. And you're like, what? what? Yeah. Yeah, it just did. We just saw video. And also I, I think it's just, we, we find the people that are really struggling. I know this is a theme we've talked about before on past, not reunions, but just seasons of watching the show where the biggest struggle is being yourself, but who you want to be on TV. Right. Yeah. And I think like some of these people, like Mel seems like she's comfortable with who she is. Right. Like mm -hmm. she's going to tell you about yourself on the show in real life, all of the above. Corey clearly is having trouble with who he's trying to project himself to be. Same with the soft. I think like that's their problem. They get caught a lot in between. Well, this is gameplay and this is real life. And then I think the worst of all might be a Manuel who like, okay. I mean, I get it. You won. So you have a whole bit of energy talking about how he feels like he felt like he was going to win from the very beginning. He felt it from the start, and I'm like, that's a straight lie. Like, you are capping at a high level. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I'm going to say something here, John. I don't know two things. First, I don't know if I've ever agreed with Devin the most. And two, did you and Devin in the group chat have a discussion before said reunion? No, I wish. I wish Devin and I had any kind of relationship. Because Devin says Emmanuel actually won the season of losers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hold on a second. What, what's going on here? Is Devin a fan of the You Killed It pod? We're like, what, what's, what's happening here? I need an explanation. I need the people that are fans of this pod to find out for us. Is Devin a fan? What's going on here? I mean, maybe he just enjoys high quality challenge content <laughs> and he knows where to go. Also, I mean, I've been joking about that all season. That's a, the, season, the challenge. That's of point. No, no, no. But like, do you think Devin has a point 
that Emmanuel's win is somehow tainted because of the like his basically the argument is that it's not the same level of difficulty. Right? Like it's not Yeah. Um, it's it's a, a weak schedule essentially that Emmanuel had. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. I definitely think that it's uh you know, like you we uh, the whole season of the losers, like this we've said it the whole time along. This has been the worst gameplay of any season that I've watched on the challenge because none of the players knew how to play the game. N- never made sense. Corey lost because he couldn't go across a balance beam, which he still couldn't do as he fell on the ground, trying to do it in the studio during the reunion. But all of these things happen. And then we get the the line from Narice saying that she's a real champ because Emmanuel just copied the Sudoku off Colleen. And, you know, that doesn't happen. Nari says she wins, which to me, I don't necessarily, I don't think that's why Narice is a real champ, but I see where she's coming from. Do, I don't, do you know what I, I mean? Yeah. So I get a lot to unpack there. First of all, I don't think, I don't hold it against Emmanuel that he cheated that way. Like, I don't, I don't have it. I don't have <laughs> that's not the cheating you have a problem with. <laughs> no, I don't have a problem with him looking at other people's Sudoku. I think it's on Colleen for not removing her tiles. Yeah. Right. Like, but I don't, I think that's sort of standard challenge behavior. Like, I don't, I don't see any issue with that. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think that there's like an asterisk beside Emmanuel's championship on the one hand you know you don't choose who you're going against yeah right like you show up you don't know the format you know like you sort of you just sort of play the hand you're dealt in terms of what the season's like the thing i will say which we haven't really touched on all season but like i think it's worth saying we joke about how it's the season of losers there's a whole lot of people who've never won the challenge Mm-hmm. who if they'd been on the show, it would have been very different. Oh, and yeah. like longtime cast members have been critical and saying like Bon and Murray cheaped out because they know that, for example, if they want Leroy or Cam or um, Corey. Corey or Anissa, they have to pay them a higher um, appearance fee because mm-hmm. like that's the structure of the show. So... That's the structure of the business, like media in general. And whether you're talking about behind the scenes people, in front of the camera people. Yeah. And like if that season of like these people have never won before, here's a chance to win. This is a way different show. I totally agree. I think if you have that format, I think we finally see Anissa or Leroy or Cam or Corey win a championship. Yeah, but I also think that this season struggled not even just because of like there's terrible gameplay. There's just Mm -hmm. like terrible like, you know, the drama in the house was kind of different, really. Like, you know, the way that even let's use this as an example, right? We're talking about a man well, and he cheated on his girl Mm -hmm. with like four different women in the house. None of that actually like blew up in the house. And in fact, when we randomly found out about the Colleen stuff, it was almost like, why did we even need to find out about that? Cause it didn't add any drama to the show. Mm-hmm. They both were kind of just like 
oh yeah, this happened and it shouldn't have happened. And you know, that was that. And then they moved on. Like they didn't even know how to do the drama part properly. Like that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I also, while we're talking about Emmanuel and his cheating on his girlfriend and Laurel, like basically says like, you know, you should leave him or no, she says that about Callum, but when when that comes up when emmanuel's cheating on his girlfriend comes up he's like well but you know we're all snakes on this show i gotta say there's a huge difference between you know stabbing people in the back on a game show Mm -hmm. and cheating on your partner yeah emmanuel's a loser i wrote that comment down i'm trying to scroll down to it but like he's a loser because you know i don't understand first off shouts to tori who i think just wanted to take that shot at him because it was about who's the biggest snake in the game. And she just says, oh, I want to say this. So first off, four women in the house. That's insane, bro. Like you're doing way too much. Before we even mention that you have a girlfriend. Okay. But he goes, this is what he said. He said, everybody is a snake. If you're not, if you won't admit you're a snake, then you're lying. And if you're not a snake, then why are you even on the challenge? I need my mans to explain this to me. What the hell does cheating on your girl have to do with winning the challenge? Yeah. I also... How are those two things correlated? Do you get extra points? Does it save you from elimination? Like, none of those things. Like, it doesn't make sense. If anything, that harms you from making the elimination in a normal season of the challenge. Instead, Colleen was just like, you know what? You seem like a very trustworthy person. I'm going to work with you. What? (laughs) The other thing is, he's wrong. Like, this season in particular, we saw three people who I think played with integrity. I don't think anyone can say that Kyland, Horacio, or Norris, who all did really well, Mm -hmm. they, they didn't betray anyone. Even when Narice was faced with evidence from her brother that Olivia had betrayed her, yeah. there was no, like, she still acted with integrity. I'd also say Big T and Melissa played with integrity. Mm-hmm. So, I have like, a question for you, though. Yeah, no, yeah. no, go on, go on, go on, go on. So, like, what, what he's saying is just, like, not true. And we've seen other people, like, land in one fresh meat, too, never betrayed anyone. Like just a straight shooter, you know. Like it, it does happen. It's rare. CT, allowed, how like, often is CT like betrayed people? And he's won a bunch. CT doesn't do that. Yeah, Durrell doesn't. Durrell's a straight shooter. Like Durrell's word is bond. Yeah, and you know CT and Durrell are arguably two of the best. I'd say Jordan plays with a lot of integrity. Yeah, I don't. I don't love the way Jordan always plays in terms of politics, but like he is who he is, and like. If he's down with you, he's down with you. And like, that's it. Like he's, you know, he doesn't really play. We saw it like with, uh, when he had to go up against Horacio Mm -hmm. because he really likes and respects Horacio and like was clear about it. Yeah. What did you make about Jay and Michelle and the whole Michelle saying that, you know, they're coming from survivor and the way that you play on survivor is just different. And they're trying to, you know, figure out how to work that into the challenge. And so their style of play is just different. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you asked this. This is the most I've liked Michelle. Wow. All season. Welcome on board, man. I mean, let's not get it. Let's not get crazy. Sheldon. I'm never going to be at your level of fandom, but 
I do think that between her and Jay, she seems to be maybe not learning her lesson, but she's aware that there's a lesson to be learned. Mm-hmm. And when she said, yeah, like we're coming from Survivor and we don't like we're it's a different style of gameplay. And she even says like and it doesn't work like it's not translating well to the challenge. And then Laurel's like, well, why don't you change? She's like, well, it's sort of hard to change like your ways. Like, Michelle is correct. Meanwhile, Jay is just sitting there, like, in denial. Like, as everybody is like, yeah, you played super shady. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, yeah, you did. It's always yeah. just like, admit it. Just admit yeah, we it, watch Jay. the show. And, like, I wonder if, like, Jay and Michelle are, are really tied to each other. If they're on the same season again, like, if you're Michelle, do you want to keep working with Jay? Well, hold on. Uh, I think they're going to because it appears they have a relationship outside of the house. But I think their biggest problem is just dwindling down the amounts of people that they want to work with. (laughs) Right. Like that's the biggest problem. Their alliance was like 85 million people and (laughs) and shouts to Maria Menounos, who's been a heavyweight champ of the world for like 20 years. Like I feel like half my life, Maria Menounos has been exactly who she is right now. That's insane in this industry, right? That's true. Yeah, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. But anyways, my point is, shouts to her, who I thought did a really good job as a host. But she asked, I don't remember if it was, I think it was Jay. She's like, "Um, so what was the point of the Fantastic Four? Yeah. (laughs) Because it's not like you guys made any moves, really, like for your group. So like, what was the point? I thought that was a great question. It was a great question. And like, they didn't have an answer. No, like, no one in the Fantastic Four was like, well, actually, they're like, yo, that's a good point. <laughs> like, and like, I've said this on other reunion specials. Sorry, I think- before we move on, though, before we move on from that point, because I know you're about to make a, a big point here, I just want to emphasize that Jay said he was super trustworthy. He didn't, he wasn't shady at all. And yet, the Fantastic Four. There's only four people, and one of those people, you were directly involved in setting them into elimination twice. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how, like, untrustworthy one can be. <laughs> There's four people. It's not that hard to not put one of them in elimination. And yet you orchestrated this whole big plot to send one of them in. Well, this is a point that you and I made at the end of Rider Dies. Mm-hmm where we were hypercritical about Michelle and Jay to the point that Michelle got mad at us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, That like I said then, and I'll say it again. I just hope that they learn from this. Like, I would like to see both Jay and Michelle be like, Hey, let's do things differently. Let's not have an alliance of 15 people in a 20 person house. Like let's, let's just, choose our four people that we're down with and stick that like in theory the fantastic four is a good idea but then they all turned on it well they all turned on narice and like and even at one point i forget who it was one of the other cast members called out a and they're like why did you keep your alliance with jay a secret if anything we would have trusted you more if we thought like everyone was backing jay and then you like you guys are just doing too much yeah, this off is like, yeah, I kind of see that. Like, this yeah, is what I mean. Like, they like detach from reality. Like they, if they have no capacity to learn from this, there's no getting through to them. 
he's like, I'm openly playing both sides. And people are like, uh, if you just told us you were with Jay, we would have thought you were trustworthy. Instead, you just looked shady. <laughs> and he doesn't oh. understand that. But that's the point. Like, I think that, you know, the other part of this, Laurel said it bang on. She was like, People, you know, mistake what the challenge is. Eventually, you have to go down to the elimination or else you're going to lose. And I think that even Jay tried to cover for Michelle and say, well, the only reason Michelle's out is because of a purge. So really, I think she had a good season. It's like a purge is a part of every single season of the challenge. So again, if you need to win, you can talk about social game and you have all these friends in the house and all that. But at the end of the day, the show is going to come down to can you beat someone else in an elimination or not come in last? So, which is exactly Laurel's point. Laurel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you have to. Part of the challenge is eventually you have to do the stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like by absolutely, like you got a politic. It's worthwhile avoiding it, but also like everyone who's won and succeeded at this game. They've won and succeeded because they've won eliminations and then they've won the final. Yeah. Like, I'm increasingly of the opinion that Jordan is the best uh, challenge champion of all time. Okay. He goes into eliminations all the time. Yep. And then sure. the key thing is he comes out. But the same is true for CT, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they, one of the, they were doing trivia on the reunion. One of the trivia answers was who's won the most eliminations? It's Wes. Mm -hmm. Right, Laurel's won a bunch. Kara's won a bunch. Yeah. Darrell, like CT, like it's how you do it. Right, yep. like it's it's how the game is played. It's not like Survivor. Yeah. So you know, sticking with this whole who's trustworthy, who's not. Very interesting detour in the show, where we get to the whole Corey, Melissa, and Big T drama. Um, what did you make about this? Because Big T, you know, she gives this emotional speech about, you know, her family and what it meant to her to have her family's reaction in real time. Because a lot of her family found out while the viewers did watching at home. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, it gave me more insight into what I was watching on television, but also made me despise Corey even more. Yeah. What did you make of this whole scenario here? So I think one of the things that part of the problem with this whole like debate that they were having was that they're talking about different things and didn't realize that they're talking about different things. Correct. Like Corey is saying like, oh, it's just gameplay. It's just gameplay. Melissa is saying, no, we had this like really important and significant conversation mm -hmm. to all three of us as members of a marginalized community. And, Shouts to Melissa for also recognizing that her experience is different than Big T and Corey's. Mm -hmm. She didn't say it's about race. But she's saying it's about race. Mm -hmm. And like, he's like, yeah, well, but it was just gameplay. And she's like, but it wasn't just gameplay because like we had just bonded over this real thing. And like, I think this is also like part of our point about a man. Well, you can play the game, mm -hmm. but then also when it comes to people's relationships outside the house, when it comes to people's sexual orientation, when you're invoking things like the softed with like, oh, I'm a parent, you're a parent, I'm never gonna like do you dirty, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Like that's real life stuff. And like in 
I feel like with both Big T and Melissa, they were taken advantage of because they were talking about real life stuff. And then in both Corey and Asaf's case, they reached out to them on like a basis of real life stuff and then like flipped on them gameplay mm -hmm. wise. And we're like, why are you upset about that? Well, because you, yeah. But like both Asaf and Corey initiated the conversations about real life stuff. So don't I'll, do that. Yeah. I also think too, right? Like, they know what they're doing, right? They're being manipulative, but also Corey in his instance, like words matter. And I know yeah. we live in this world on the internet and like everyone has podcasts. Everyone talks into a mic. Everyone's tweeting at each other, but like words still matter. And Corey for his part, literally sat in the deliberation and said the entire time that I was talking to you, I was using you guys and making you guys get comfortable with me so that I could take that information or whatever information and give it to my side of the house. He literally mm -hmm. said he used them the entire time. He didn't say some of the time. He didn't say like it would still be bad. But if in that moment on the show, he said, listen, I'm with you guys for everything. We had some real heartfelt conversations. But in terms of gameplay, this is just a move that I have to make. He could have said that. Yeah, he still would have been wrong. People would have been like, yo, that's shady. But at least he could have said that then. And people would have had some understanding of, OK, you're differentiating this from the game. But he never said that. He literally said, I was using you the entire time. What yeah. else are people supposed to think that means? You can't then come back around and be like, oh, no, well, that was just gameplay. And this is real life. You said the entire time. I don't yeah. Know. Also, so he's clearly very upset about how Melissa's been tweeting about him because he brings it up like five times. Yeah. And it's so interesting that he has, he doesn't apparently see a, a huge problem with how he treated Melissa and Big T, especially after Big T came out, which was obviously very important to her. Mm -hmm. And the way he, embarrassed them in that deliberation and that was his goal was to embarrass them mm -hmm. right but now he can't handle melissa embarrassing him on a larger scale yeah like he's okay playing the embarrassment game as long as he's not the one being embarrassed and that's really yeah. fucked up like that is not cool like even if you subtract the issue of B big t's coming out party which i don't think you can like i don't think you can mm -hmm. bifurcate the two issues he is still like he doesn't like it when things turn on him and that's just not mature. Like you got to be in, to, in for a pe penny and for a pound on this. Like you can't, you can't be like, Oh, well I can treat you that way, but you can't treat me that way. Mm -hmm. And we continue to see that in this conversation because he apologizes before he even finishes apologizing. Melissa says, I do not accept your apology. <laughs> and then he's like, well then like if you know, you don't have to accept my apology, but like, you have to stop talking to me. Like, no, like she's allowed to feel how she's allowed to feel. Yeah. Right. Like don't tell her how she should be handling this situation. Corey's a clown. That's yeah. just as simple and as, as basic as I can put it. Like, like he doesn't understand that there's repercussions to his actions. He doesn't understand that just because you apologize, someone else needs to accept your apology. Like, that doesn't, that's not the way the world works. Like people get to react and have a reaction as they see fit. And mm -hmm. what he did 
is insane behavior. Yeah. Like completely insane manipulative behavior. That's like psychotic what he did. You sat down, you bonded with them over their situation, especially Big T telling you about, you know, her life and that her family doesn't know. And you came to her and talked to her about how you can relate to her and you're a part of the community and how, you know, you were there for her and all these things. And then two days later, threw her under the bus for a chance at $250,000. Well, he later said because of that decision, he made it to the final. I don't Which think that's a true. Huge lie. Yeah, I, I, lie. that happened so early on on the season of the challenge that, like, I think there's too many other things that happened that helped him get to the final. There's so many things that came up in this reunion that I was like, that's not how it happened on the show, right? And like, that's one of those parts too. Because if you go back to that moment and they replayed it, when he's saying that, the reactions of everyone else sitting there we're all like whoa what the hell like he was doing that at the time as a last ditch effort to try to save himself because he'd been proven untrustworthy by mm -hmm. his side of the house already because he was doing shady stuff and then this was him trying to curry favor with them so he was going over the top to be like see i'm with you guys look and it did it had nothing to do with anything mm -hmm. i don't know so he finished third Oh, how much money was that? Twenty thousand? Twenty five thousand? No, he finished. He didn't finish third. He didn't get any money. He did. Who was third then? Oh, you're right. So, what he's saying is that treating Big T and Melissa as he did, mm -hmm. especially Big T, in a moment of incredible vulnerability, mm -hmm. was worth almost winning money right like people say oh you can't put a price on that he literally is trying to put a price on it but didn't even get anything out of it so here's the thing i would say that he is the worst person here i mean actually he probably still is but he's tied with olivia yeah and here's the thing Ooh. right here's the thing as bad as Corey was on the show I think Corey was trying to make drama on the show. Like what he did, like he's trying to be a character on TV, meaning like he wants to be one of the faces of the LGBTQ community on the challenge show and on MTV, right? So he's always trying to be at the forefront and do that. So he's trying to be an ally to Big T. But then he's also trying to be like this great challenge character, and that was him trying to make moves and, you know, always thinking that he's at the forefront of the alliances and, and moving and shaking, right? Olivia, the reason why she's super messed up, I think that stems more from reality and, like, her just having problems there and not understanding anything there. Like, I don't even think she was trying to make good TV. I just think she might be, like... Like, Corey is a bad person because of what he did on TV. Olivia might just be a bad person, period. And when I say bad person, I mean bad friend. I think Olivia is in a really bad place mentally. Like, to be real, real. Like, I don't – she – I mean, we said this during the season. She wasn't thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't act with integrity and, like – I think there can be two meanings to that word. There's the one meaning where it's like acting with integrity means like 
it's like akin to being honest, right? But I think that she lacks integrity in her life in that her actions and her words don't line up. And that is a real problem and a real life problem. And like, I'm not sure if you've seen this yet. I just saw it before watching the reunion. She went on a podcast this week mm -hmm. and she said that she and Horacio were never really friends. <laughs> and she goes on to explain okay. that what happened was that Bonham Murray was asking her to be on Ride or Dies mm -hmm. and that her management company, like her representation, mm -hmm. were like, oh, we understand that it's like a pair season. We have someone else who's one of our clients who we think that you could like get along with and could be your ride or die. Okay. And that's Horacio. Okay. So she says they were introduced specifically to be on ride or dies together as a pair. Okay. Whether it be a romantic pairing or like friend pairing, they decide that they are just going to be friends. And although she likes him and respects him and they're friendly, that they were never best friends and that it was originally a business relationship. Okay. So I, we... at this point, I don't know if that's true or not. First of all, all this is wild for her to say that it was that like basically the concept of ride or dies, at least with those two was fake. But also if, if that's true, then why was she so visibly upset and freaked out by like him and Maurice becoming an item by him not talking to her enough. Like she has either she's an incredible actress or like all her reactions to everything make no sense with what she just said about how oh, we were never really friends. So if we go back to the very beginning, right? When we first saw Olivia, I'm pretty sure I watched a season of Olivia on Love Island during the pandemic, if I remember that correctly. That's where I was first introduced to Olivia. And I thought, and I said this when she first popped up on the challenge, she was trying to do TV, right? Like she's mm -hmm. trying to be an it girl on reality TV and all that. So with that said, like this whole thing about being hooked up by your representation, cool. That all makes sense. Even if I'm going to buy that, cool. The reason I'm, I'm, I'm kind of brushing that off is because I feel like we're going way too deep and even the show. I'm surprised that Maria or someone else on the show just didn't simply ask Olivia, are you don't are you just into Horacio and you're salty that he was into Norris and not into you? Because to me, that's all this is. To me, that's I, all I, this like from the get go. You're friends with Horacio and you're wondering, oh, how come we're not together? Like, wait, because what she says consistently is. Well, I just felt that Olive, that Norris and Horacio spent so much time together, as we all did. And so if something romantically was going to happen, it would have happened already. And I think she's really talking about herself, right? Mm -hmm. That like we've all spent all this time together and he never really liked me. So it's weird that all of a sudden now he likes her. And that to me is Norris's way of saying, oh, she's just a hater. Yeah. I think you there's I think there's something going on. I don't know what it is, but I do think like we're not getting the full story. And I think it's because Olivia is in denial because like none of none of what's happening here doesn't like make sense. No. So 
because like she's supposed to be by Nerissa's like his friend. Yeah, she's even if you're not Horacio's friend, you're Nerissa's friend. Yeah, in theory, and and she likes and respects Horacio, whether they're actual friends or not. She doesn't have any issues with Horacio because no one does because he's just like a nice, normal guy who has like actual integrity. Well, look at Laurel's reaction compared yeah. to Olivia's reaction. Yeah. Right. Oh, anyways. So Olivia sees these two people who she likes getting together. And to your point, like Laurel's just like, oh, that's great for them. And like Laurel actually was romantically involved with Horacio. Yeah. And like she freaks out and she gets paranoid. And like, you know, she's mad that like they're not saying hello to each other in the hallways. And like, I find that hard to believe. Like, that house is so boring. You'd be that, saying like, hi to everyone. Yeah. Like, I, and like that doesn't seem like Horacio. Like, I feel like if you or I came across Horacio on the street, and like gave him a nod. I feel like he'd smile and nod back. Well, like it just it doesn't add up with anything we've seen about him. And the other part too of him saying like, "Well, I actually don't remember that happening," mm -hmm. but also she was so mad about him not telling her that he was coming on the show. And to me, if anything, that just more so proves like, okay, maybe you weren't really friends. So then, why is that an issue? Right. Like mm -hmm. if you were just put together by your management team and you weren't ever really friends, why would you be mad that he never told you he was coming on the show? Because yeah. you're not really friends. So like Olivia is just spinning herself in these circles and not making any sense at all because she's trying to flip the narrative to make herself look better. And she just can't do it. And that's before we get the biggest revelation. Because. Here, here's the show recap, right? And let, let's start this from the beginning. Norris and Olivia, supposedly friends outside the house. They come in the house. Norris finds out from her brother, Olivia Shady. Norris mm -hmm. saves Olivia. Then Olivia flips on Norris for no reason. Olivia says she did this because she felt alone when everyone was pairing up in the house and Norris was with Horacio all the time. Do you know how I know that she's lying? so blatantly lying to us because we watched the show <laughs> and when you watch the show olivia goes to norice there's a full section of an episode where she goes to norice and says how do you feel about the fact that you're with horacio but he spends so much time with zara does that like mm -hmm. weird you out that he's spending all this time with zara like if you guys are in a relationship isn't it kind of weird and Narice, to her credit, and we bigged her up at the time for this happening. She was like, actually, no, like, I like the fact that he has other people in the house he can talk to. And I'm not threatened. I'm confident in myself. I'm confident in my relationship. I know I have nothing to worry about. And I trust him. And she was like, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird that he spends all this time with Zara. And so now, like, that's on tape. And mm -hmm. if I mean, I'm going to call out the producers here. If I was producing the show, I might have re-ran that footage much more. Or you know what? If we go back to if this was the Bravo universe, they would have rewound that footage, put it in black and white, and you would have <laughs> saw the clip, right? But for her to come back around now and say, 
yeah, well, you know, I felt so alone. I didn't know what to do because everyone was paired up. No, Narice was saying that she's happy to still hang out with you. Yeah. She was actively doing that. So come back on the reunion now and lie. It's just like, what are we doing here, Olivia? Miss me with that, man. I watched the show. I don't know who you think you're fooling here. It's also, it, it still, it doesn't ring true to me because that's just not how people interact. Like we, you and I referred to this a few weeks ago. We were at a party about a month ago together. Correct. And we talked lots. We didn't talk the entire time, but yeah. we spoke to each other and we sat beside each other for most of the night, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd get up to go to the washroom or I'd get up to go and get food. And like my girlfriend was there too. And you mm-hmm. would be talking to my girlfriend when I got back because yeah. you guys get along too. Yeah. Because that's how people behave. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you guys know each other through me. Yeah. But, like, you just struck up a conversation. Like, you're telling me Olivia couldn't chat with Horacio because he was dating Norris or because he was hanging out with Zara? Like, if you see two people that you like chatting, there's it's not a hard thing socially to go over and join the conversation. Yeah, it was just weird. And just, like... She says in this reunion that, you know, she had instant regrets about how she let Narice down. And also she had, um, she does regret that like she isn't taking, she didn't take responsibility for her own actions, which I think is the most important thing. Because something that I never understood was what kept her from starting the conversations with Horacio? Like, would it really be that weird for, like, uh, you know, him and Zara to be working out together, which they seem to do all the time, and Olivia goes over and is like, hey, can I work work out with you guys too? Like, is that crazy? I don't think so. Is it crazy, like, at breakfast to be like, hey, Horacio, like, and sit with him? (laughs) Like, why, why why was she incapable of, like, broaching this herself? Because it's all a lie. Yeah. But and like it's all her plan from the get-go. If it's all a lie, I still don't understand what the truth is. Well, we kind of find out the biggest revelation of this whole thing was that Norris finally tells us that the brother conversation that she had, when her brother tells her don't trust Olivia, she's shady, was because Anissa, who was hooking up with Norris's brother, which where did that come from? That was completely out of the blue. I, I feel like I need a background on that. But supposedly through pillow talking, Anissa tells Narisa's brother, hey, Olivia told me <laughs> that her and, and Narice aren't really friends and she was just going to stay close to Narice through this season and then screw her the first chance that she got. And she also called her broke. So that is what Narice heard we didn't get the full story while the season was going on, but we get the full story now. The reaction, the bench reacts from the cast as they're hearing this from Norris, seemingly for the first time, was absolutely incredible. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. This is diabolical behavior from Olivia, right? Like Olivia and Corey should be friends. <laughs> they would be a great pair. If they could trust each other that long. That's insane behavior. You're telling Anissa that you're go- like, I just don't understand the purpose of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
you're telling her that we're not really friends. So you're not really friends with Horacio. You got hooked up through a management company. And now you're not really friends with Norris, and you were just going to use her through the season and then screw her the first chance you got and calling her broke. That's all just pretty mean. Like, I, I don't understand. And further to your point, you did all of that to finish where on the show? And not only did it not make sense to do all of that because it got her nowhere, surely she would have been more successful if she and Kylan and Horacio and Maurice, and like even going back further, Melissa and Big T, mm -hmm. if they worked together, because like in theory, if Olivia really is friends with these people, that's an alliance that would have worked. Correct. Correct. Like it what? No it made it no sense. Insane behavior from it, Olivia. And it, I have to say, like, if I was Olivia's friend in real life, like, let's say we'd gone to college together or whatever, and I was watching the show, be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch my girl Olivia. I'd be deeply concerned. Well, you know what else was deeply concerning? The fact that the person sticking up for her was Corey. Being yeah. like, oh, yeah, I think like sometimes people make mistakes on the show and it's a tough situation and you got to give some people grace. And I was listening. Oh, do you know what it was? I was. Are you watching Love is Blind? I, I am not. Not currently. Do you watch Love is Blind or no? I have watched it. Like I'm familiar with it. This season is electric. I'll just say I've, I've seen I'm on TikTok, so I, I know how good it is. <laughs> this season is electric. But one of the recap pods that I was watching, the guy brought up a point that like in 2024, every bullshitter's excuse is shouldn't I be allowed some a level of grace because yeah. this situation is so difficult. I feel like I deserve some grace. And it's like, that's such BS for like a lack of a sorry. Let me rephrase that. There are instances where people do deserve grace. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say everybody doesn't deserve grace, but it's become this thing in 2024 where people are using it as bullshit excuses, right, to cover for their lack of accountability. Mm -hmm. And in this instance where Corey is trying to give himself grace, because you understand he's talking about himself, but also saying Olivia should be allowed a level of grace. Nah, miss me with that. A level of grace for what? She said, we're not really friends. I'm going to stay close to her until I need to. And then I'm going to screw her over in the game the first chance I get. And she's only going into this house to be fake with her. That's all fake. This was all her plan. She did exactly what she said she was going to do. Where's the level of grace that needs to be provided to Olivia? I don't understand. And the fact that Corey's the one standing up for you makes it even more obvious that I shouldn't take you in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a connection here, and this is this is just me speculating. And I, you know what? I probably shouldn't make this speculation, but I'm gonna put it out there. Wow. I think Olivia needs to take a big step back from this whole reality TV thing. Okay. Because I don't think she's in a good place mentally. I know I sort of started this conversation that way, but like, here's a woman who underwent a traumatic injury on her first season. And like, she has basically lit her life on fire. Right? Like, who is her friend left on this in this universe? Right? 
Like there is nobody left in the challenge universe that is like, yeah, Olivia's my girl. Yeah. Right. She when is when someone is engaging in what I can only call self-destructive behavior like this. Mm-hmm. They got to like put the brakes on and like just basically stop what they're doing. Like they need to take a step back and like get their mind right. Cause like there's nothing sensical, logical, like emotionally sound about what she's doing. Also, though, if she does come on another season of the challenge, who's going to work with her? Serious question. I, I mean, Jay? it's a good one. It's a good one because, like, I think Jay, Michelle, and Corey are all in the same boat to different degrees. Like, Mm -hmm. these people, like, this is one of the, I think, the most, the best part of the challenge is that people come back season after season. It's such a, like, compelling part of the franchise that other reality TV shows have picked it up, like, in the same format, right? Like, Big Brother, they're always finding ways to bring people back. Uh, Survivor, they're often bringing people back. Like it's it's part of the format of other shows because it works so well on the challenge. But like those four in particular, and even a soft to some degree, like who wants to work with those people? Yeah, it's weird. I'm very interested to see because we obviously know first off the challenge all stars trailer looks amazing, but yeah. the challenge forty. Obviously, the assumption is you got to bring back the big names for the forty. It's season, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see what happens after that, because when you get into whatever the show will continue to be mm-hmm. and who some of these people are that MTV can afford to bring back on, we'll say, you know, if I frame it that way, I'm really interested to see how that goes along. Right. Because there was such a desperate need for vets and personality in this even reunion being a microcosm of what happened in the season. Right, mm-hmm. like you needed Laurel to provide some spice in this whole episode of a reunion, and without it, you're left with like the likes of Colleen, who should be a big time character because she came in third, she was involved in flip flopping the whole time, and should be like an interesting character. And yet, her biggest thing that she gave this episode was she doesn't know what the word desperate means, I or mean, it might be lost in translation. I mean, I don't believe her. But at least that's what she said. We've been talking about this episode, about the reunion special, for 50 minutes, Mm 5-0. We haven't said Ed's name once. Yeah. And he was there. He was sitting there. I have it in my notes towards the end. James, Mariah. Like, there's a Uh, lot of people. Kylan basically said nothing. Yeah. Until the end when he got into it with Asaf. <laughs> but like hilarious. Ed only said one or two things. Otherwise, like you don't even see him in frame. Like he was just like non-existent. And like Ed is one of the more compelling characters on this season. Like he was one of the funnier ones. He was so And the yeah. only reason he talked was because Nari said that she would like whatever the question was like who on the cast would you allow like one of your siblings to date or something like that yeah i don't know you're you're right totally right and then there's a whole other one of this like there's no need for two episodes of reunion let's be let's be honest here no it's it's pretty thin especially because like really 
there's two issues that needed to be discussed, Olivia and Corey. And then like, I guess a third one would be like the, uh, the bad gameplay, like all the alliances. And then I guess I got to address Emmanuel and Callum's cheating. We also barely saw Callum. Yeah. Right? I guess they're saving the Michelle and Callum for the next episode, I guess. Yeah. And more on Emmanuel who I will say we, we didn't. What a terrible we, jacket that dude was wearing, by the way. I'm, I'm just glad that he spent all $250,000 of something on buying something from the Michael Jackson estate. My line of the episode was, uh, I can't find it now, where Manuel says that with 200, oh, uh, I'm basically a Romanian millionaire now, (laughs) which is made me laugh. Yeah, he's a clown. I guess my line of the episode is Devin when they're talking. He's like, I'm coming back into the house and I'm single and I'll be (laughs) banging. (laughs) Um, He's such a clown. It's always hard to do, but who is the MVP for this episode? It's not hard for me. The MVP of the episode is one Maria Menounos because shout to you, Maria Menounos, but also the producers for deciding for realizing, I think we need to spend the money and bring the champs on and have them be a part of this or else this reunion special might be pretty lackluster and boring. Cause like Laurel might be one of the MVPs of this whole thing. And she was only on the show for maybe a total of five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this, I think I'm, I'm going to say that the champions were the MVPs. Cause like this episode without Laurel and Kara and Devin, mm-hmm. it's grim. And I know I'm super biased for Devin, but like, yeah, no, 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 for sure. He and Kara, to a lesser extent, Darrell, they did some yeah. they did some heavy lifting to keep things going to have sound bites. I love that Callum was trying to go at Darrell and then and then like quickly was like, no, 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 I was with Darrell last night. We were partying last night. He's the only one that stayed up with me. I know he he's a real one. <laughs> <laughs> it's too funny, but anyways, yeah, I'm with you, man. Where can the good people find you on social media? You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and big shouts to all the people watching and liking and subscribing wherever you get this. You killed it podcast. Please continue to do so. That's how you support the movement. That is the follow the subscribe, all that fun stuff. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and threads at Jay Chidley Hill. Also, as I always mentioned, you can also find me if you're good at it on Goodreads and Letterboxd. I've been watching a lot of interesting and good movies, also Uncharted lately. So uh, yeah, find me there. And until next week where we have to watch more of the reunion, this was You Killed It. You killed it.